Hi there, we are Lauren and Kenzie, the co-hosts of A Scary State Podcast. Each week we cover a different state in the U.S. and we cover anything from murder mysteries, strange disappearances, paranormal activity, cryptids, or urban legends. So if you're interested in learning about the spooky things in your state, give us a listen. New episodes come out every Wednesday and you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. Stay scary. Stay safe. morning announcements. The Retro Club will be meeting today to discuss child's play. Also, sign-up sheets to volunteer for the after-school daycare program can be found in the main office. So be sure to join and become someone's friend to the end. Hello, and welcome to the Retro Club. We're your host, Megan. And John. Always John. I, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Always going to be John. Huh? Always going to be John? I Yeah. You want to be John? <laughs> I don't want to be John. I'm just going to start handing it out like I'm Oprah. Oh, okay. You get to be John. You get to be John. You know, it fits the theme of what we're talking about. <laughs> it fits a theme. Of the movie we're covering. Uh, Passing that thing from one, one soul to another. Oh, I guess in a way. All right. I went way over your head and I feel feel good about it. Okay. Well, knows no limits. Before we jump into the movie, we can talk about (laughs) what happened in the last week, which really the only thing I didn't really focus on any media or anything like that. But yeah, the only significant thing was my birthday, your birthday. Yeah, you are old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a solid old. <laughs> uh, we took like a little mini vacation for your birthday. It was fun. I had a lot of fun. Your birth. Thankfully, both of our birthdays are on holiday weeks. Like they always land around the holidays. Yours is President's Day. Mine is yeah. Columbus Day. So we get to have a little bit of time there to ourselves. But... We took a trip out of town. I mean, not far. We didn't go anywhere crazy, but... Took a little trip. Take a little trip. Yes. <laughs> we took a trip out of town, and we did a couple of things. We went on a ghost hunting investigation. <laughs> Which I gotta say, was a lot more fun than it should have been. Mm-hmm. We got Usually to investigate. Usually those things are boring as hell. Well, this was a private investigation, which, thank goodness. I don't know if any of you... I, I mean, I'm so used to talking about it with my other podcast, but I don't know if any of our listeners on this one are into like ghosts or paranormal things or whatever, but there is a huge difference between doing a private investigation and doing a group investigation. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, um, I guess you could say I'm like a compass or a magnet for the spirits. They hate me. Oh, <laughs> he hate me. whoever's out there hates you i'm like the i'm like that little short woman from poltergeist oh no this is clear (laughs) i don't know her name i feel terrible (laughs) very deep in this house but we got to investigate an old uh county jail Mm -hmm. and a movie theater which is fitting for our podcast it was fun i had a lot of fun Mm -hmm. and then we went up to west lafayette 
Indiana mm-hmm. and got to do a couple things around there. I took we found this cool mini golf place. It was like a monster mini golf. Yeah, monster mini golf, and I was dominating your ass too. No, tell just, the truth. I fell apart the second half. You had the first half, and I had I, the second. It half. It wasn't close to the first half. It wasn't until they started giving you objectives with the next half. Yeah, they on certain holes they have optional challenges that you can do and of course we wanted to up our game so we did the optional challenges but if i wouldn't have done them it wouldn't have been it'd have been no contest oh hush we tied i was about to set the club record (laughs) no i was i was going for that green jacket i guess john gold jacket green jacket who gives a shit i was getting it And then we hit up uh, this place for lunch that is on an episode of Diner Star Drivers. <laughs> we had seen it on we out. the show before, and we're like, well, while we're here, we might as well check it out. Uh, it's the Triple X Family Restaurant. Mm-hmm. They're famous phenomenal. for root beer. I'll go ahead and shout them out. Definitely. They made sure to feature that logo for the Food Network <laughs> next to their famous sandwich, and it didn't disappoint. Yeah, you did that. I just did a... Just like a regular sandwich, really. I kill a lot of the root beer. I never (laughs) drank soda like I did there. It was so good. I don't know. He didn't serve it with ice either. He didn't need it. It was already cold. Mm -hmm. It was good. I hope everybody goes there after hearing me talk about it. (laughs) The sandwich was nice and warm. The cheese was melted. If you're on the mid to northern part of Indiana, well, pretty much... I guess you on the west side of Indiana, because if you're on the east side, it's going to be a little bit mm-hmm. of a drive. But whether you're on southern or northern Indiana, you're looking at about equidistant drive. For us, it was, well, like two hours. Not Megan quite got two a hours. cool t-shirt that she's wearing right now from there. I did, yes. I got a hat from Monster Golf, which I'm very happy oh, with. I love yeah, that hat. Yeah. Mostly wearing the shirt because it's laundry day. And this is <laughs> one of the few clean things I had. <laughs> but really, like... I had a great time at Triple X. Mm-hmm. It was very crowded. It felt very old school. Yeah, it was interesting seating. It's all bar seat, like bar stool seating. Right, like I could picture like back in the day, like Notre Dame coming there and it being full of Irish fans because mm-hmm. you know they were going to beat Purdue's just brains in during that oh, time. Oh Lord! And we were there. Uh, I think there was a game that day. Yeah, it was basketball. It was. Um, them versus Ohio State. Ohio State, yeah. Which didn't care about that shit. I was more wanting to knock it off my bucket list. I know. Well, we got there at the right time because as soon as we left, outside was packed. The game must have <laughs> just gotten over or something. And you had the two crazy Ohio State people outside that were just unbearable. I don't even know. I don't know if something was wrong with them or whatever, but. They may have been was, drinking a little bit. Yeah, I was just happy <laughs> we got out of there megan did a really good job of planning for my birthday really uh we couldn't really take jordan with us but i know i felt bad about that yeah i missed her but we have her back now (laughs) yeah she's she never disappoints she's so precious very Mm -hmm. anyway i think that's all i mean that's really all we had to catch up on i had to i really need to uh, shout out to my uh younger brother jeremy it's his birthday today. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Happy birthday, Jeremy. There you I go. I love you. I don't have anything else. <laughs> so, I guess if you're ready, we can get into the movie. Ready? Mommy Sketty? Mm-hmm. Nervous? Am I nervous? I'm nervous. Sketty. Sketty. Yeah. 
I really want to do this episode by candlelight. Megan was not about it. It's too dark in here to do that. <laughs> I think it would have been a lot more fun. Maybe. I was going to say funner, but then I was like, she'll just give me shit for saying that. I I don't know. I probably would have let it go. No, you wouldn't. This time. <laughs> this week. Grammar, please. Okay. Whatever. This week, we are covering Child's Play. The original Child's Play. We have to say that now because everything's a remake. And doesn't matter. This movie is fantastic. And it's the only good one of the series. Except for the remake. Which people will get upset when I go into why that movie was good. Yeah, we'll talk about it probably towards the end. Yeah. I think. This movie came out in 1988. November 9th, 1988 to be specific. And it's rated R, of course. Mm-hmm. And it's labeled as a horror mystery. I don't know if mysteries... Actually, if you really break it down, it's a detective story. Because it takes the cop to really break everything down. I and I guess... And the mom has to figure out the, the whole backstory of why all this is happening. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I can buy it. Whatever. It has a runtime of an hour and 27 minutes. So Which is all you need. It's a good watch. And yeah, it. I remember we paused it at one part. We watched it recently just for like a refresher. And when you paused it, I said, we're already over halfway through this movie. Like, how is this possible? Because <laughs> this movie is phenomenal. It, it has so much good buildup because of Tom Holland as a director. Like, you forget that you don't get the villain until damn near halfway through the movie. Actually, yeah. three quarters of the movie. Mm-hmm. And well, I'll, I'll wait till we actually start breaking down the movie, but I have thoughts on different scenes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's a lot of good things about this movie. Uh, I think we we picked our brains about this a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you just said it's directed by Tom Holland and the screenplay by Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. And I've got a synopsis here. I guess I'll give that first and then, well... Yeah, go ahead and do the other stuff after. I I did it out of order, but that's fine. I'll go ahead and do the synopsis, and then we'll get into, like, cast and budget and things like that. No problem. All right. Synopsis says, Gunned down by Detective Mike Norris, dying murderer Charles Lee Ray uses black magic to put his soul inside a doll named Chucky, which Karen Barkley then buys for her young son, Andy. When Chucky kills Andy's babysitter, the boy realizes the doll is alive and tries to warn people, but he's institutionalized. Now Karen must convince the detective of the murderous doll's intentions before Andy becomes Chucky's next victim. Not a bad synopsis. Yeah, except it kind of gives the first death away. Yeah. Well, not all the synopsis are going to be like to the point where you want it. Mm -hmm. Someone's always going to mess something up in one of them. Yeah, so, and that's one of the scenes I want to talk about was the babysitter's death. But Let's not get into that yet. <laughs> I know, I'm not going to. Let's talk about some of the cast. Okay, so, first of all, I think we can say our main character, one of our two main characters, is Andy, played by Alex Vincent. Mm-hmm. And he looks familiar, I mean, as an adult now. I don't know what else he's been in that is notable. Some of the other terrible Child's Play movies. Well, yeah. Is that really... Yeah, that's kind of it. <laughs> He's just yeah, done... Yeah, he really... It, he didn't do a whole lot. And then you've got um, Brad Dorif, who plays Chucky. Mm-hmm. Or I guess the voice of... He would be the voice yeah, of Chucky. Yeah, Brad Dorif. And he's also done all of the Chucky movie, the uh, Child's Play. I, I, Child's Play, Chucky's... I don't know what you would call them. Catherine Hicks plays Karen. 
Andy's mm-hmm. mom. And she has been, she's done TV and Seven movies, right? Heaven. Yeah, I, was, I think of her from Seventh Heaven. <laughs> Brad Dourif would probably be more known for maybe like Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay. He's in all those. And he was also in One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. He's really good in that. Hmm. Oh, and my a personal favorite of mine, Exorcist 3. Uh, he's the he's the one actually in the asylum. Oh. He's just a good actor. People only think of him as Chucky, but he's a really good actor. Okay, yeah, I I don't remember the Exorcist 3, honestly. It's it's good. I have to watch that again. You probably fell asleep, let's be honest. Probably. That's <laughs> just that's my MO. Anyway, Chris Sarandon plays a detective. Mm-hmm. And I know we just talked about this. He was in Fright Night. Yeah, um, great movie. A Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, shoot, what was the other? There was something else I think we talked about that he was in, but I can't remember what it was. Oh, maybe well, I'm in... thinking of Fright Night. I'm a, I'm thinking yeah. of Fright Night. Well, he was also in Princess Bride. That yeah, okay, that's probably it then. Yeah, Dinah Manoff. Plays the babysitter, Maggie, which you probably recognize her from Grease. Grease. Sherry Maraschino. You know, like in Cherry. Yeah. I don't know if she did anything else notable. Uh, I'm sure there's there's a movie out there that we know her from. Mm, Ordinary People. I've heard of that one. Mm -hmm. I've not heard of really anything else that's popping up here for her. And then we have Ed Gale, who plays Chucky, the actual uh, doll Chucky. He... It's yeah. a little person. So I don't I don't know what the proper phrase is now, if you can say little person. Well, if person. we take it back to like the 70s and the, oh, <laughs> the Mid-South, it'd be that midget. I midget wrestling. Can't do that. I know. <laughs> I, I'm just using a phrase. Jesus. I can, okay. I can say it if I'm using it as a, as a term. Well, because of his stature, we'll just say that, he's been in other movies like Howard the Duck playing Howard the Duck. <laughs> He was Howard the Duck. Mm-hmm. Good call. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Land of he was in Land of the Lost, which was a TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea what Life Pod is. No, you don't have to read all that other junk. I know it's. I thought he'd be in more notable stuff, but I Just guess Howard the Duck, Chucky, and Howard are going to be his two. Which that's a movie we should cover one day. Yeah, that uh. I don't know. Howard the Duck did a number on me when I was a child. I probably watched it before I should have, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> anyway, that's really the most notable cast that I'm going to get into. There's not a lot of other people that. No. You have like Tommy Swordlow, but he became famous as a writer. Oh. Yeah. Like he wrote Cool Runnings, Little Giants and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Now. Very prominent in the 90s. I'll cover the. Um, the box office and the how much the budget why sure. was that hard to think of the budget and i don't understand this i've seen this on a couple movies that we covered but what i saw in the budget it was anywhere from nine to 13 million which had i mean four million give or take why well you got to think they went over budget yeah but that, i mean that's where things start getting iffy because uh, a, like a studio like this was failing at the time mm-hmm so they could say they released this much money, but they probably really released that much money. I guess I'm just saying like at this point, the movie has been out. We know they should know what was spent so they can say we spent X dollars. If it was 13, then it was 13 million. Regardless, it doesn't matter. It made its money back. It did well because it did 44.2 million at the box office. Yeah. So it 
quadrupled what it put into it, essentially. Very close. Uh, it did well for a horror movie. And I think, I think this time was... This was such a good time for horror movies. Like the 80s going into the 90s was a really good time because everything was an original concept. Like, yeah, nothing got turned like it is now. I don't know if anything like Child's Play had come before it with like the killer doll. Uh, the little voodoo doll with Karen Black. Uh, Tales from the Dark Side. That Did- episode. Oh, it was an episode. So yeah. this is like a, a featured, uh, a, right. a then, full film. Then you might have had like, um, uh, there was a movie with, um, was it Anthony Hopkins, you know, uh, Hannibal Lecter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Magic. When did that come out? The 70s. See, and that's why, did that movie do well that you know of? No. So that's why I think this was just the, so Child's Play isn't necessarily a, an original idea, but it got like the it's sweet more original spot. than you think. As far as like the elements of what it did, it did really well. Also, another known fact about this movie that people always seem to forget: it was number one at the box office when it came out. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it would have been going up against. See, that's the one thing I need to start looking up. Is nineteen eighty-eight is a big year. November of nineteen ninety-eight. Eighty-eight. What did I say? 98. 88. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I could probably do a quick November. Go ahead. I can talk about this movie for a little bit. Uh, this is one of the very few movies that Roger Ebert gave a really good review. He hated horror movies. Uh-huh. It's like this and Halloween. Oh. <laughs> gave us three out of four stars. Instead, this movie was very energetic. It came out against Scrooged and Ernest Saves Christmas. Those were the top three. Well, there you go. And people want to tell me that Ernest didn't matter. <laughs> what else came Eat out? Eat a dick. The Land Before Time. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Accused, which I That's don't think movie. I've ever seen. That's a good movie. They Live. Ooh. But that movie that movie didn't uh, get like as much money as you think at the box office. I think it had a, a good first run, mm-hmm. but it teetered out because he makes a lot of low-budget stuff, but John Carpenter... He really was doing well for himself. They live got thirteen million. That's what I'm saying. And then Oliver and Company, which what a good children's movie. (laughs) And then I really Iron Eagle too. Um, Iron Eagle. I love Iron Eagle. Mystic Pizza. Die Hard. These movies like well, Die Hard. It built at the box office. It wasn't a hit like everybody thinks. A Fish Called Wanda. I'm like going through all the movies. <laughs> it's all who, right. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Also, a movie I think it built at the box office. I don't think it was a hit right away. Yeah, I'm gonna stop reading through this because I just keep going what <laughs> while I'm reading. But but see what I mean? That when you look at like the '80s, it's nothing but killer movies, just back to back to back to back. Mm-hmm. It's a, it was an insane time to be alive. You know, both of us hadn't seen Mystic Pizza until the last couple of years, right? I always put it off because I was like, oh, it's just going to be another movie where these girls are going to be like uh, fighting in-house and they're all going to be like into some dude or something like that. And then kind of like the premise of what that movie was. <laughs> I just remember it had Julia it was Roberts. A lot better than I thought it, was. it was a lot better than it had to be, though. Had young Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, well. I guess we want to just jump into the movie then. Mm-hmm. This movie starts off hot mm-hmm. with a chase through the streets. Yeah, with the detective. Mm-hmm. I'm actually a big fan of that. 
because mm-hmm. you get sort of a premise of where things are going right off the bat. You get this guy with really long hair wearing a really nice suit running <laughs> through the street from a cop. Uh-huh. And then a police car and a van. And then he just starts screaming for the guy to not leave him. He ends up getting shot at. I don't know. It wasn't. Yeah, you get a little bit of like a back and forth. Yeah. A little shootout. Then he gets hit. The the criminal mm-hmm. gets Charles hit. Lee Ray. Charles Lee Ray. It's not instantly fatal, but he's about to die. And he knows it. And he ends up like jumping into a toy store, like breaking through the glass or whatever. Mm. I don't... Uh, yeah, he shoots the, he does the, the movie thing. He shoots the lock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought he like broke through the glass or something, but okay. So anyway, he ends up in this toy store. I don't know why this is where he goes for refuge. And as a last ditch effort to save his soul, he does a little bit of black magic. I know. <laughs> and puts After... it into a doll. Yeah, he, he swears revenge and does that like little ritual. And that Chucky doll is creepy as shit right off the bat, everybody. So if you haven't seen the original, definitely check that out. Mm, yeah. <laughs> the doll is really big, too. Mm-hmm. It, it's based off of the My Buddy, which those were the things were creepy, too, when I was a kid. Well, I mean, I'm physically big. Like, it's the size of an actual child. Yeah. And I don't know if they That's made it that big buddy. because of the point of, like, the whole premise of the movie it has to be this child size thing killing people and they had a smith of smith and they had to fit a small person into a costume yeah. but he transfers his soul using black magic into this doll <laughs> it sounds funny starting off but right it's it's very it's an out there concept <laughs> i don't know there's a lot happening in the beginning but then you get to meet karen and andy mm-hmm. which karen is a single mom the husband has passed away it, it's never really said the only time i think i remember hearing in the movie something about his dad is when later andy um i guess i'll get to it in a second but karen it's Andy's birthday. It's about to be his birthday. Mm-hmm. And she really wants to get him something. But being a single mom working in a mall. Yeah, she works at like a jewelry store, right? In the mall. Yeah. She's not making a lot of money. No. <laughs> not enough for that nice ass apartment. <sighs> we'll get there. Andy really wants a good guy doll. And she cannot afford a good guy doll. But mm-hmm. then they find a peddler outside. And they are in Chicago. Yeah. And they are in, in the downtown Chicago. This is not good. And there's a peddler out behind the mall selling, pushing a cart with all this crap in it that he's selling. And he happens to have a good guy doll. And Maggie, her friend, who also mm-hmm. works in the mall, takes her down and they end up buying this good guy doll for Andy. And she takes it back to the apartment because initially she gets Andy some clothes and like a, a good guy tool set. And he's kind of bummed out. He really Which, wants... Yeah an actual good guy and she gets it for him and he's very happy finding but, out that freaking thing that doll costs a hundred bucks that's outrageous even for that time that's a lot of money that's a lot and i know i'm skipping like a bunch of stuff but when andy gets this doll he says that chucky his name's chucky mm-hmm. the doll can talk that's one of its features it's they all have names and they have these different catchphrases and so this doll's name is chucky which happens to be mm-hmm. charles lee ray's nickname and he says chucky talks to him and that his dad sent him from heaven that's like the only time that's why i was trying to get to yeah. is that's the only time i think his dad is mentioned we just assume his 
you don't know what happened to his dad until that point. And now we're like, okay, his dad's dead. We and this movie is one action scene after another. I mean, mm-hmm. it is rapid fire. You get well this, an hour and twenty minutes. You got to. You get this reasoning why the mom can't be with the son for his birthday, so uh-huh. Maggie volunteers herself to just stay. Well, <laughs> and I skipped over. I know we don't have to cover every little detail, mm-hmm. but the one thing when you see Andy, okay. He's a cute little boy. Yes. That's what I was going to say is when I see kids in movies, sometimes they're just so annoying or they're not attractive children. You feel bad Uh, for Andy. I feel that felt weird saying that attractive children. That's a weird word. Let's say cute children. There you go. (laughs) But um, yeah, you're about to turn this really dark. No, (laughs) y'all know what I meant. Jeez Louise. Um, He is a cute kid and he makes his mom breakfast in bed. It's his birthday and he makes her the nastiest breakfast and takes it to her. You like a little sugar on your cereal? Oh God. He pours the cereal and the milk and he, that black toast and puts a hunk of butter on it. (laughs) That's a Midwest breakfast if I've ever seen one. With a cup of oranges. But it's so cute because he's in his little footy pajamas, his good guy. And he's watching the good guy commercial and he's just in love with this good guy doll. His eyes are lit up. And he saw so that big cute. box that he thought was a good guy doll. And it was, and it was closed. closed. But yeah, I will say Andy was a precious child. He was Very. so cute. <laughs> I got I to gotta say something real quick uh-huh. since you're hating on this breakfast. <laughs> My dad would always buy a cereal that we hated growing up. Uh-huh. And he'd buy like Cheerios. You know the only way you can like uh, like razzle dazzle some Cheerios? You Sugar. Start, yes. Oh, I put sugar in my cereals, not sugary cereals, but we had Cheerios and Chex Mix or like the, yeah. I hated Chex Mix. Cereal or uh, sugar. You just put sugar in it. I did that with Cheerios all the time. (laughs) I don't think I did it with Cheerios when I think about it. I know I did it for Chex Mix. (laughs) Such a little fatty, man. I used to put it in Wheaties too. (laughs) (laughs) Breakfast of Champions. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god the cereal that's supposed to be for athletes and i'm just <laughs> dumping dumping grams of sugar in it oh um. man <laughs> i did you're also talking to the same little kid that used to put doritos and coke oh god John. you remember that story yes you let him soak and drink and then eat him yeah i don't know why i did that i, I don't know why <laughs> i don't either <laughs> <laughs> we loved us some cool ranch Doritos. They were really hot at the time. Back to Andy. <laughs> <laughs> <I can't>. <laughs> Andy was a cute kid. I will I'll admit that. He was a cute little kid. And I was just like watching it now and having a child. I'm like, oh, so cute. Yeah. And he wants so bad for to have this good guy doll. And I think that's Watching it now as an adult with a child is probably the most upsetting thing possible because she would, his mom just wanted so bad to get him this good guy doll. I know. And then for the, it to turn out the way that it did, I'm like, this you poor feel bad kid. For, you really feel bad for the mom. Yes. Uh, because she's a mom that's just trying, you know? Mm-hmm. And she gets the doll, he gets Chucky, and all is well in the world for about five seconds until... She He's all she can do is run home and give him the doll. And then she's told that she has to work overtime because someone can't come in mm-hmm. and her supervisor is a jerk off and tells her she has to work it. What's so, his name? Like Wendell? It was something it was some, stupid. It was nerd. <laughs> yeah. 
But Maggie says it's not a problem. I, when I get off work, I can go and stay with him and until you get off work. Right. So Maggie's babysitting him and... Maggie's hair was flawless too. <laughs> like, why does she have that much bounce to watch a kid? I don't know. But then that you... That cake looked good too though. He did get a chocolate cake for his birthday. Awesome. <laughs> but he... You immediately get to get a feel for something is wrong with the doll, Chucky. Mm-hmm. Because when Maggie starts to tell Andy it's time to brush your teeth and time get ready bed. for bed, he like leans in to listen to Chucky, which Chucky kids to... talking to their dolls isn't anything yeah, new. It's but his when friend. He, he's like, Chucky wants to watch the nine o'clock news. Maggie's like, sure he does. Now think about that. <laughs> this whole thing could have been avoided if that chick would just let him watch the news. I know. <laughs> think um, about that. She did not let him watch the news because she's like, Chucky can go to bed (laughs) and puts him to bed. And while Andy's getting ready for bed, uh, Chucky, this is like an uncomfortably long scene. That's why it's so good. It's it's shot in a way that it feels personal Mm -hmm. because you get to you don't get to see Maggie much. But this is probably like a 10 minute scene of him just terrorizing her or scaring her. Mm hmm. That and, TV coming on really loud. Mm-hmm. We've and, all been there. And then Chucky just sitting in front of it when she knows she just put him in Andy's room. Mm-hmm. And she's like, mm, what the heck? <laughs> and eventually she gets, she keeps hearing things moving around, m- moving around the room and the TV coming on by itself. And she's starting to freak out. And then Chucky comes out of nowhere and. She's the first one to get to see Chucky alive and not mm-hmm. for long. Because she gets hammer timed. He hits her right in the head with a toy hammer and it leaves that hole in her head, which I'm like, how in the, what he is that toy hammer made that, out of? He hit her hard enough that it put her right out the window. It did. And this is the thing that doesn't make sense. How does this woman, Karen Barclay, Andy's mother, as a single mom working in the mall, selling jewelry, have a high rise in Chicago. It's a really <laughs> nice apartment. It's humongous. Two bedroom. It's a two bedroom. She's got a living room, a separate mm-hmm. kitchen. There's that's, like a, a family room. How mm-hmm. does she afford And all those this? hallways. Yeah. That's probably almost as big as our house. Yeah. How is she affording this? Another thing about that whole scene is when all that happens, it you don't see Chucky. That's theater of the mind. That's the best way to make a horror movie. I love theater of the mind. That's why Jaws is so good. I do like that you Tom don't Holland, see him. Tom Holland, great job by you. I do like that you don't see Chucky, but he's also creepy when you finally do get to see him. Mm-hmm. I think they played it well from both angles. Yeah. I think that's where the whole thing, like you brought up the budget. Mm-hmm. They had to, because you got to think this is like a, a first of its kind. So that's a lot of money spent and a lot of things you haven't perfected yet. Uh-huh. But... Really, that's kind of the opener of the movie. I think at this point, I'm really just going to hit highlights because there is a lot of... um, Really good scenes of this movie. Yeah, there's so much we can cover, but really I just want to do some highlights, which... This goes right into Detective Norris, which Chris Sarandon did amazing in this movie. uh, He nails the Chicago accent. His (laughs) outfits were on point. Yeah, He looked like a detective. He is what, in my mind, I've always imagined a cop looking like. Mm-hmm. The, co- the cop is going to come to you to be the good guy to you. Yeah. And unfortunately, he has the hard job of 
he can see the the crime scene and from all like rational standpoints it looks like andy did it and so he's concerned go ahead i'm sorry he's just concerned that this like five-year-old six-year-old boy was capable of hurting a person like this and he doesn't understand how and of course karen is completely is what he was i think really hinting at the force of what that hammer would have had to hit with Mm -hmm. and of course his mom karen is super offended and like how could you think andy could do something like this he's like i don't know but that's what everything's pointing to and he asked he has to list suspects and the only thing he was doing, he looked at all of Andy's shoes and didn't see anything that matched the prints. Mm-hmm. And then Andy just happened to be sleeping in his uh, PJ sneakers. Yeah. So it's not looking good for Andy, the six-year-old boy <laughs> who knows no better, except that he does. I mean, he immediately tells the truth. Andy does not lie. No, he, he was he a very says, honest boy. Chucky was talking to me and he said he didn't like Maggie. Yeah, he said she was a real bitch and got what she deserved. That's a quote mm-hmm. from the movie. That's not me. <laughs> that is what um, Andy said Chucky told him. And the thing is, Andy never once lied in this movie. No. <laughs> and he was upfront about everything right off the bat. But of course you're not going to believe that. His mom is upset that he would say something like that. And now she's like, holy crap, is my son capable of something like this? Well, imagine that as a mom trying to rationalize that your kid just did something so horrible. Yeah, and has he doesn't seem phased by it at all because he didn't see it happen. I don't think he's grasping what happened. Well, he's also a little kid. We guesstimate that Andy's around anywhere from like four to maybe six, seven. That's why five or six is what I guess. Because he's in school. Yeah, I think he's in kindergarten. Yeah, because you you get to see this relationship building between Andy and Chucky where Chucky is gaining... Andy's uh trust mm-hmm. but Andy already has his trust immediately he's a little boy who, he has no dad and yeah. you can tell he has no friends and the fact that Chucky played off of Andy's emotions by saying your dad sent me yeah and you know Chucky read the room and he Andy being a, a lonely kid and only child probably was just babbling and telling Chucky things and so Chucky got to learn about him and played off those emotions, which is really sad because this is all Andy wanted was his doll. And <laughs> I, the, the trauma I, that they were just not going to talk about apparently. <laughs> so now we go into this next part of the movie where they're, he's got to go to school. His mm-hmm. mom's walking with him, trying to talk to him really just kind of investigating him. Uh huh. She's trying to get the reasoning, like what he thinks of all this happening and all that. Mm-hmm. And she just tells him to have a good day at school. And Andy just goes and cuts his way out and goes right to the Chicago railway. Yeah, because Chucky told him to. and Which is super dangerous. If you've ever, I, if you've ever been to Chicago and rode the r- railway, it is sketch. I love Chicago. Have nothing against Chicago people. Nothing like that. But that, that that's not for everybody. And in the 80s? <laughs> yeah. I lived lived there for a little bit and rode that it's not for everybody i never rode it but i've been in downtown chicago uh would not recommend <laughs> alone <laughs> as a child i would not recommend Definitely not. uh yeah and he the reason chucky takes him to this place because it kind of seems out of out of place in the movie until you right. realize where he's going gotta get eddie caputo yeah, he's going, Chucky is going back to the place that him and Eddie were hiding out. Char- and Eddie is uh, Charles Lee Ray's 
the guy that was supposed to get him in the van. Yeah. And, and he drove off. And ditched him. So he has this vendetta and he wants to off Eddie for leaving him behind. And he gets it done. And unfortunately, this is, Andy is, because Andy is Chucky's ride, <laughs> essentially, um, Andy has to get Chucky from place to place in public until Chucky can do what he needs to do. The place so, was big and nasty, too. That house was gross. Yeah, Chucky ends up um, blowing out the pilot light in the, mm-hmm. the oven the and turn the gas on. And the guy shoots, Eddie shoots the gun and ends up blowing up the house. Of course, who do the police find on scene but Andy and Chucky? So they're like, Andy has obviously lost it. Chucky get, goes and does his thing while Andy goes and tinkles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's what's unbelievable. Like, so this scene is literally like, he doesn't know Chucky's alive, alive like that yet. Mm-hmm. Andy. Yeah. Andy, I think Chucky might've talked to him, but not like moved and, around and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So of course the police find Andy and they tell his mom, they're like, we have to institutionalize him. Something is seriously wrong with your kid. Like there's, no denying it now. This The first time can be a coincidence, but twice. Right. Detective Norris, uh, Chris Sarandon, he is beside himself. He's like, he's like, I don't know what to tell you. He's like, this is this is a two out of two thing. And Andy's been at the scene both times. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone's in disbelief. Like the police don't want to do this, but and they don't want to think that a six-year-old could pull this off. But they're like, we have no other option here. He has been at both crime scenes. Right. You have like this really weird uh, dilemma where the mom is trying to figure out what she can do. Then she's talking to Andy and Andy's trying to tell her the truth. But this whole time. Yeah, he's being honest. He's like, Chucky did it. I don't know what else to tell you. And the whole time, like the the cops, nobody said that this doctor is behind the the mirror Mm -hmm. listening into all of it. He's like, we're going to take Andy into our hands. Yeah. Because this is still, everyone's looking at this logically, that obviously the doll is not real, and Andy is projecting his feelings onto this doll, and that's the logical answer, is that Andy is committing these crimes and then saying his imaginary friend did it. Mm -hmm. And at this point, when they take Andy into the institution, Chucky doesn't get to go with. Mm -hmm. So Karen is stuck with Chucky, and... Just as a last-ditch effort. She feels stupid at first, but she looks at Chucky and she's like, I know you can talk. You've been talking to my son. And she's like this trying to interrogate the movie this doll. Too. This is what people always remember about this movie. This is, the I think, the part I always go to when I think about this movie. Uh-huh. And she doesn't, I mean, she doesn't think anything's going to come of it. She's home alone. So she's like, well, I guess if I'm... And she sets him down in front of the fireplace. <laughs> yeah, if I'm going to try it, now's the time. So she starts to try to like get him to say something and of course he doesn't and she goes and picks up his box to start reading it and the batteries fall and the out batteries fall out <laughs> and that's like the big turning point in the movie because then she turns and looks at chucky and is like holy crap <laughs> yeah now you have this part where she's right in front of the fireplace and she just finally just threatens this doll because she's at her wits end mm-hmm. and she gives the doll one last chance, and there we go. He's alive. That's the first time you see him move as a person. And they start tussling. Uh, she's trying to do something with Chucky. 
he bites her. Yeah. Oh, God. Bites down super hard on her arm. And then throws the doll to the ground. And he rolls right underneath the couch. Ugh, I know. <laughs> Freaks me out. And he oh, ends up, no, no. We're missing that part. That's where she checks his battery port. And his head turns around. Yeah, when she checks, because the batteries fall out of the box. Yeah. And she picks him up, turns around real slow, and opens up the battery, and it's empty. And he does the whole exorcist thing where his head flips Mm -hmm. around. But he, after after they fight, he ends up running out of the apartment, and she can't catch him. Somehow can't catch this little doll. He got right to that freaking elevator so fast. Uh Uh-huh. And she... She was she sprinting them him. steps. Yeah, he runs out of the apartment building and she loses him. So she goes and finds a detective and mm-hmm. she says, Chucky is alive. And he's like, oh my God, I'm like you and your kid need to stop. And he's like, did you bite yourself? That's the look he gave her. He's like, you he really shows convince me this? <laughs> yeah, he, she shows him her arm and he's like, I don't know if you're being serious right now. And he doesn't. He doesn't take her serious. And he's like, well, I'm just going to go home. You're nuts. But then you have like all this stuff that happens. Uh, she tells him that she's going to go find Chucky. And he tells her not to go there. It's not a good place to be at night. Well, she says she's going to go find the peddler who sold her yeah. Chucky. And he's like, you are crazy. Do not go there. And she goes down into the slums and starts she's looking for this around. dude. <laughs> she asks a lot of people, too, which is nuts. She just is asking everybody. And then she finally finds the guy and approaches him. And, and tries he tries to, to money. assault her. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah, it's... And teeth. Ugh, nasty. And... And then Norris to the rescue. He shows up because he's like, oh, she's really going down there. <laughs> so anybody he else, shows up. Anybody else want to play? <laughs> he pulls out his gun and they all take off. And... This is where he finally comes to tell her the truth. He's the one that killed him. And so she says she's looking for, like, Eddie Caputo. And he... He talks about how he was there that night. He's like, I mm-hmm. know he's dead because I was there. I'm the one who shot him. I'm the him. man who killed him. And another favorite scene of mine. This is where you can tell. Well, I determine a scary movie of its importance to me by if it affected me like in life. Does uh-huh. that make sense? Yeah. I, this movie has forever made me che- check my back seat before I ever get in my vehicle. Yeah. Because he ends up sending her home, like puts yes. her in a cab, and he, then he, he... No, he takes her home. He drops does? Drops her off. Okay. This is when uh, you find out that Chucky's in the car because he slowly raises up while he's driving home, listening to the radio. He wants After to light, he's dropped her off, he's alone. Yeah, wants to light his cigarette, so this is back when you had cigarette lighters. Uh-huh, I had to push it in. <laughs> Just to get that thing warm. <laughs> and Chucky tries to choke him. Yeah, he has some type of wire or something. I think it was uh, jumper cables. Oh, maybe, yeah. And he can't... Uh, he The detective loses control of the car and can't stop it. Oh, He's, my gosh. This is... Also, he gets out after he burns Chucky's face with the lighter. Yeah, the, the lighter thing is ready, so he pops it out and sticks it on his face, on Chucky's that, face. And you see that large butcher's knife? Uh-huh. Chucky just starts sticking through the freaking... Oh, oh, yeah, through the seat, like through the back of the seat and through the, the mm-hmm. actual chair of the seat. Yeah, <laughs> and then he gets underneath the uh, the bottom of the seat uh-huh. and starts pushing on the gas pedal, uh-huh. and he can't keep control of the car, and it flips. It does. And oh, man, this part's awful, too. <laughs> yeah, the car flips, it's on its hood, and Chucky is like circling the car. <laughs> and, he's, and playing with him. 
he sticks the knife right through the uh, the guard right next to his uh, head mm-hmm. and gets out. And this is where Mike Norris gets his gun out and just starts firing. And then Chucky tells him you can't kill him. Mm-hmm. Can't even hurt him. But he do he does shoot him once, right? Yeah, as soon as Chucky starts trying to pop in front of him with a knife. Yeah, the detective does catch him once. I can't remember where, like in the arm or the leg or something. Yeah, he shot him right through like the shoulder. Yeah. So this is where the whole black magic thing comes into play because it's... You wonder why it seems so strange in the beginning. Not that it makes it any less strange in the middle of the movie, but Chucky then goes to find a friend of his that he learned the black magic from Mike Norris, too, like him coming to the realization that the mom was right when he does that little like sign the car Mm -hmm. and his head just falls back. He's just in disbelief. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, But then you get to see Chucky interact with this guy that he learned the black magic from. John. Yeah. And he tells him, you know, uh, so I transferred my soul and the guy is taken aback. He's like, holy crap, it worked. He said, yeah, but you told me I couldn't couldn't get hurt. And guess what? I got shot and it freaking hurt. It hurt so much it bled. (laughs) And he gives this explanation, John, the the friend, Mm -hmm. gives the explanation that the longer he stays in this vessel, he's going to start turning human. And the only way to stop it is to transfer himself, his soul into another vessel. And another thing you'll notice throughout this whole movie is the doll starts becoming more human-like. Yes, like his a, features. hairline's receding. You're starting to see blemishes, uh, more... You see, like, veins in the eyes and stuff like that. More mm-hmm. lifelike. Yeah. The only catch, though, about having to transfer his soul from Chucky into someone else is it has to be the first person that he revealed himself, himself to. to. And so Chucky starts laughing. He's like, you've got to be kidding me. Six-year-old kid. It was a six-year-old boy. They do say old he is. A six-year-old kid. Oh, yeah. I guess he does. Well, Chucky being Chucky, he's like, guess what? You shouldn't uh, tell your clients where you keep the good stuff. Your own personal mojo, doc. Whips out a voodoo doll and starts just breaking this dude's bones. Oh, it's awful. And then he... That seems rough. All he's trying to do is make some tea. I know. Well, he does it as the torture, as a torture device to get this information out of him. And then once he tells him, he's like, well, I have no use for you now. So he stabs the voodoo doll and kills him and heads out. And now Chucky is on a mission to get to Andy, who is in the institution because they're still monitoring him. And this is where I have to give props to this child. Mm-hmm. His acting at is that really age good. is insane for, for how young he is because Chucky does show up. Um, the the detective ends up going and getting Andy's mom and says, okay, I believe you. We need to go get Andy. He is, um, or we need to find Chucky because he, he's on a rampage. And somehow they figure out that Chucky has gone to see John. Mm-hmm. And they find John almost dead on the floor. They go investigate uh, Charles Lee Ray's apartment. Yeah, so they're they kind see, of following. They see the, his picture up on the uh, on the wall, painted on the wall. Yeah, they're following the breadcrumbs that right. Chucky and Andy have Detective left work. behind. Right, his job that right. he should have been doing this whole time, but it ends up he was doing it. I know. Well, not until he realized Chucky was. He knew what he was looking for, and not until he knew what he was looking for. Plus, he's in Chicago. 
There's a lot of crime. Yeah, and this is just one kid. But it is an odd case. You got to take it that right. into consideration. Anyway, it leads them to John's apartment where they find him almost dead, but not not before John was able to get out that you have to save Andy. Chucky's after yes. him. You have to kill him through the heart. Yes, he does give him that very important piece of information. So now it's uh, they're against the clock to this, get to Andy before Chucky does. Yeah, and this final conflict is amazing. Mm-hmm. From because, the time he gets to the place where Andy's being held, the uh, I guess you would call it a kid's institution. It, I just, I'm just calling it an institution yeah. because I'm not sure if He tries to tell Dr. Ardmore, the guy who brought him there, that Chucky's there. Uh-huh. And so they just they're going to they're going to try to medicate him. That that's their solution. They're just going to Yeah, the doctor him thinks he's having an episode. Shot. So he tries to take him into this room where no one else is. And Andy gets away from him. Uh and Chucky jumps on him. Dr. Armore tries to give him a shot and Chucky stabs that dude right in like the calf. In the you leg. Yes. But I just think about the scene that really stood out to me is when Andy's yelling out the the door of the room that he's locked in help and he said he's going to kill me and starts crying. Oh my God. That's so that's like, heartbreaking. Yeah. Yes. His little cry. Jesus. <laughs> but Chucky does attack the doctor and Andy's like running through the institution trying to get away from Chucky who, uh, Andy is a smart little kid because he does run into a room and then make a plant where he puts, he does the old pillow under the, the comforter trick to make mm-hmm. it look like he's laying in bed. Yeah, that was really smart. Uh, but the scene where Chucky walks in that room and that smile on his oh, face. Yeah, oh, yeah. It uh, is unsettling. Yes. That <laughs> and he's is like creepy as hell. Walking up with the knife. Oh, it's I didn't realize how creepy it was until we watched it yeah, again I was recently. like, you got to watch this again, Meg. <laughs> yeah, he has that smile plastered on his face, like that toy smile, but... Mm-hmm. He looks so evil <laughs> with it on. He electroshocks that doctor to death. He does, yeah. Uh, but Andy tricks him Oof. with the pillow and ends up buying him some time to get away from Chucky. Uh, enough time that his mom and the detective show up. Right. And they, they end realize, up... They realize saying, where would he go if he was in trouble? He'd go home. Yeah, But Chucky's that's smart right. enough to know that too. Yeah, but... Of, of course. So Chucky follows them home. Gets get somehow they end up back at the apartment, right? Yeah, Chucky uh, is in the elevator and she's like, "What an ugly doll." That's what. Yeah, I thought I couldn't remember what part that happened at where that old lady was like, "Someone left their doll." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he cusses her out as he's going up, <laughs> which is actually a funny scene. Uh, Andy only. gets right in his closet with his little Louisville Slugger. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, this is where you're. I'm. As even like a kid was like scared for Andy because Chucky comes down through the chimney. Yeah, and the mom's trying so hard to protect him, but she can only do so much. And because Chucky is almost human, he has human-like strength at this point. Mm-hmm. So she's trying to fight like holding the door closed so he can't open it, and he's stabbing the the knife through the door. And yeah, they're prisoners they in their all, own apartment. If they didn't get through the door, Chucky would have completed that little ritual and he would have taken andy's body yeah he start it, chucky Knocks almost gets to do the ritual with the um with andy but the mom and the detective interrupt it or just the mom does she interrupts mm-hmm. it right she detective. picks him right up mm-hmm. then he stabs the horse right in the back of the leg yeah uh 
so there's this big fight scene where they're they're fighting off Chucky and they finally um he gives her a gun. He, yeah, she gets a hold of the detective's gun because he can't shoot, he's injured. And she jams it right off the bat. <laughs> but she ends up actually getting to shoot him, but she's shooting like everything but his chest. <laughs> Shoots off an arm, a leg. Oh, that's later. But you have her that's running around the house scene mm-hmm. where Chucky's just chasing after him. Yeah. That's when he starts stabbing through the doorway. That is frightening. Yeah, that's what I was talking about earlier. I jumped ahead a little bit, but um, she ends up finally getting to a point where she can shoot him and take him down. But she did not listen they to what John said. Fire. And they set his ass on fire. <laughs> they did. Didn't she throw him right into the... Yeah, they get they get him right into the fireplace and lock him into it. And he like, we're friends to the end, remember? This is the end friend. Oh, yeah. Andy's line, his <laughs> uh, his little line, he says it in that little kid voice. <laughs> yeah. But you think it's over. They've burned his body. They've shot off almost all of his limbs. <laughs> and Oh, that part where the, the doll's missing after mm-hmm. it's been burned? Yeah, because the other detective shows up, mm-hmm. and Detective Norris is like, Chucky's alive and this detective wants to don't like, touch it don't look touch he's fine it. it's just a doll and they're like oh my god what an idiot <laughs> and he busts through the air vent and Chucky attacks him and gets him by the throat and almost kills him and they end up fighting him off and um detective Norris just shoots the doll right through the chest yeah right he in the heart he the the it's detective with the good shot gets him in the heart and kills him. And then you get the creep because his head is severed at this point. Mm-hmm. And that's when Chucky does the hi, I'm Chucky want to play. Yeah. And his, you can tell his uh, soul left the doll and it starts winding into the pre-recorded kid voice. Mm-hmm. That is creepy. so creepy. With his burnt off eye mm-hmm. eyelids and, and lips and, and <laughs> melted. Yeah. And that essentially is the end of the movie. Very good. Very good movie. Mm-hmm. There, uh, that final act is, it's nothing but action. It is. Nothing but action. It's been a while. I'm glad we covered a horror movie. So am I. It's been a while. I've been wanting to do one for a bit. Plus, being able to watch this movie again, it's been a while since I've seen it, and to watch it again and see all these little things in it, like just the little things. Right. Chucky's face. and Like I said, it's scary when you don't see him. The but then it's scary the when you do see him. This movie has an amazingly good poster too. Just the doll holding the knife. Uh huh. That that was one of my. It's one of my favorite posters ever. Well, I guess if you've got some trivia, why don't you hit us with it? Yeah. The so Catherine Hicks, uh, the mom, mm-hmm. uh, met Kevin Yeager. The he's the guy that actually created the Chucky puppet, puppeteering and the design. Ugh, they met him. on this on the set. Fell in love and got married a year later. Oh, isn't that nice? <laughs> yeah. Well, and you have Chucky's full name, Charles Lee Ray. Uh-huh. Uh, they named him after three of three notorious serial killers. Uh, Charles Manson. I'll say, can I guess? Oh, go ahead. I Charles Manson was the only one. Lee. Um, I should why, say serial killers, just could, killers. I'll say Harvey Lee Oswald. Is only well, Lee Harvey Oswald. Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then um, Ray. Pretty famous one. 
Really? Uh, mm, <laughs> I'm like drawing a blank. James Earl Ray, the guy that killed Martin Luther King. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, so the scene where Chucky gets lit on fire, they had to make a separate set for the... Uh, for the for the little guy that was going to be doing the stunts, uh-huh. so that's why it looks so weird. Like uh, everything looks way bigger than it should. Yeah, it's because they had to make it to fit his build because he's a little bit bigger than the doll. Yeah, and they wanted to keep it true to frame. So, well, that's why I wondered if that's why they made the Chucky doll as big as they did in the first place because they knew they were going to have an actual person playing the doll later in the movie. I don't know. Uh, the script for this movie got passed around quite a bit. Uh, it was written in, I think, 85 even. Oh, wow. But uh, the original uh, title of it was Blood Buddy, and Buddy was the name of the Of the doll. The doll. Blood Buddy. I don't know. That seems kind of cheesy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't agree with the guy that wrote the original, the original script. He's kind of made me sour on this whole series. Uh, his name's Don Mancini. I saw that name, yeah. I almost threw him out there. Yeah. Why? I don't dislike him. I think it's cool, but it took Tom Holland taking this and refining it to make it into something better. I, I give Tom Holland a lot of praise. He's a good director. Good writer, too. So the other guy is the reason why I got all the the sequels? Or is, is that, that what you're saying? The other guy, that he's the one, the reason it got all the sequels? Yeah, Don Mancini. He's the one that wrote all the other movies. All the other movies I I hate and dislike. I I don't like I don't like Bride of Chucky. I don't like Curse of Chucky. I, I feel don't like, like that's the other big one is Bride of Chucky. I think, and I really think the series fell off once it got out of the Child's Play part of it. Like Child's Play two, it's a boring movie until the climax. Once you get to the final conflict, the movie's good. I don't even really remember the movie. Yeah, everybody remembers the toy store or the uh, the toy factory. Every other part of that movie is forgettable. Oh, okay. <laughs> and three, three's uh, it's it's such a '90s movie with all the haircuts and the slang. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, it's early '90s. Uh huh. It's, um, how can I say? It's a Andy's growing up, grown up at this time, so you don't know how far into the future it's it's playing into. Is it the same guy who played Andy? No, okay. no, no, no. That would have been way too long. Because he's is like a little kid still, but now this. In three, he's like a young adult uh-huh. at a like military camp, like oh. a military school. Oh, okay. I don't know. I think they really just ran out of good ideas when it came to the third movie. Because well, then they, you got Chucky shooting a gun and all that, and it's it's awful. That's I wondered how... The only thing I would be interested in seeing is if they do follow Andy in these movies, uh, how Andy plays out, because... He's got to be scarred for life. That mm-hmm. he was going to have to have some kind of therapy. <laughs> <laughs> this movie, uh, I'm, I mentioned uh, my buddy earlier. Uh, this movie killed the production of those. Oh, there was actually going to be a doll made. No, my buddy was already out. That's where they got the idea for Chucky. Oh, yeah, I'm sure a lot of doll sales went down. <laughs> Yeah, it never it never recovered after this movie was released. Yeah. <laughs> like actual dolls. I could see stuffed animals still being okay, but probably like the baby dolls and things like that probably went down. <laughs> um 
this movie, uh, Chucky originally, the, it was a little girl's voice that voiced Chucky first. Okay. And then they're like, this ain't going to work. So they brought in Brad Dourif. He read and they're like, well, the character just got better. Because they wanted to have a more serious man's voice. Uh-huh. And Brad Dourif is such a strong actor. And he has a, such a, like, a, his voice is very distinctive. Uh-huh. Like, you know, we've watched movies like um, Urban Legend. Someone's yeah. in the back seat. Okay. He's just, he's a great actor. Because he's actually Charles Lee Ray. Like, you see him. He's the guy in the beginning. Yeah. And then he's the voice of Chucky. Yes. Okay. This movie kept falling behind because of... Like we were talking about the budget, because of special effects, uh, they had uh, so many hiccups. Oh, uh, yeah, I can imagine. And Chris Sarandon really was scared to play a cop, so he did ride-alongs to get used to it. That's also where he was able to pick up the accent, because he was trying to nail the character. That's weird, because he did really good. Yeah. Uh, And the real... um, inspiration for tom holland of what he could do with the story is he took the hills the hillside stranglers uh and made that part of the the background of charles lee ray that which he became the seaside strangler Strangler. yeah pretty cool huh yeah this movie has a lot of cool things about it yeah it's it's hard to cover all of them uh Uh, Catherine hicks is the only one that won an award for this movie she won a saturn award which oh. I'm a big fan of the Saturn Award. I think that's, uh, I think that's where acting gets handed out fairly. Like they usually nail it. Yeah, as opposed to, um, oh god, how many what? days do you think this story takes place? Really? How many days? Um, well, I was blown I'm... away when I found out because I read it and I just read it from Tom Holland. I would think not many days, maybe like a week or two. Three days. Oh, okay. The movie is supposed to only span three days. Oh. And the thing I read is he was so afraid to make it go longer than that because then too many things would like start lining up for the detectives and all that. Oh. And then, you know, they're holding Andy for so long. So it didn't give him enough time. Okay. I guess. Oh, there's a lot of people that were rumored to play uh, Chucky, too, for The Voice. You had John Lithgow and Gary Oldman. Oh, that were going to play? Yeah, I guess they were really considered, and John Lithgow was, like, inches away from getting the part. He was milliseconds away, but I think he missed a phone call. Oh, God. Um, I like John Lithgow. Yeah. I don't know if the movie... I don't know. I feel like the Chucky voice. Trilogy of Terror is what I was thinking of, by the way, with Karen Black. That oh. happened in 1975. Who's Karen Black? Karen Black. Uh, remember, the, I was telling you about the voodoo doll? The uh-huh. actual Aboriginal doll? And it was like from the TV show? That's what I'm talking about. Karen Black became like a, a kind of a scream queen. Oh, okay. Anyway. Uh, also, don't forget Talking Tina from the Twilight Zone. Uh-huh. I don't think she was a killer doll, but she talked and all that and had people thinking like the person was evil and crazy. That came out in 59, though. Yeah. So there's more stuff. Like, it has influence, but it doesn't have this kind of story. Like, the voodoo aspect and all that. They added a lot of different things to this movie. Yeah. That's fun. (laughs) So you think that's enough trivia or you want some more? Um, 
we could probably wrap it there, I think. That's fine. I know our episode's getting close to <laughs> to time, so we'll probably wrap it up there. Absolutely. Um, so that's only that's just gonna leave our rating then. I'm ready to rate this movie. I uh rewatchability. I am a big fan of watching this movie. Me and my friend Josh, I think this is the movie I've watched more with him than any other movie we've watched. Really? Yeah. Uh we got we have a friend also uh that doesn't get the premise of this movie. But I think he was older when the movie came out. Uh-huh. Uh not you, Matt. We're oh, talking about God. somebody that's totally different. Uh his name's Eric. Uh-huh. Cuz I think Matt's really on the same page we are with this movie. Uh-huh. Cuz I remember him talking about seeing it when it first came out and the the effects in this movie will blow you away, especially if you realize the time they came out. Yeah, that I think people that's something they need to consider watching older movies, especially the younger generation. They're so used to CGI and things like that that weren't available or not in not in the the way they are now that they think that the older movies are lame or uh-huh. something like that that they just don't look good anymore it's like well yeah i mean we have way more technology now that we didn't have then so you right. have to give them some grace you know what i just realized huh we were all such big fans of the original movie we all went and saw the remake together you remember that oh yeah yeah all of us went and saw that in the shitty theater where that oh was like a swamp God. it was like a swamp it was like the air was, was wet <laughs> it was bad it was very humid in that movie theater it was gross and this was before the pandemic there was no mm-hmm. reason nope <laughs> no reason for it to be that way <laughs> just a little bit, little side story me my friend matt and josh whenever we get together we talk about all kinds of stuff and the conversation's always really good uh I actually miss having them around to have those conversations, you know? Yeah, the, like these types of conversations. Yeah. Because <laughs> we can talk about movies for days because there's movies I really like. There's movies that they really like. Mm. And we can find the ins and outs and all these different things about them. Yeah. And we, I've, I've noticed like we all have a different take on it every movie we've watched. Mm-hmm. Like me and you or you and your friends? Me and them. Me and you have a different take, too. When when I saw the trailer for the uh, remake of Child's Play, I was the only person that got behind it. What? I was. Remember that? I didn't hate it. You weren't that stoked to go see it, though, either. Child's Play is not one of my favorite movies when it comes to this era of horror. I was so willing to give it a chance. That I wanted to set the day aside that we could all go see it. And then Matt made it happen. Well, anyway, we have, <laughs> haven't even given our rating it yet on the rewatch. Uh, I, Rewatchability for this one. I am definitely going to give this movie a four. I'm never disappointed watching this movie, and it always sounds good. I'm going to give it a three just because it it's okay. It's not something I jump for when I want to watch a horror movie, but I'm glad I watch it. I, I'm glad that I watched it when I do watch it, if that makes sense. And this is one of the very few horror movies where I can watch it and I notice something different every time. Mm-hmm. I can't say that about a lot of movies, honestly. Uh-huh. So I'm definitely giving it a four. I feel conf- I feel confident in my three. <laughs> I'll That's stick fine. With that. So then you have your legacy. 
This legacy for this movie is definitely a five. You have the new Chucky show that just came out. You had a remake that came out not too long ago. And this movie isn't a cult movie. It has so much going on. You always see like kids dressed as Chucky. You see all yeah. the toys, all the shirts, all the hats. I'll give I'll give it a five too. Because when people do list, I feel like when they list horror movies or uh, horror villains that he, he is gets, always part of the group. It's like Freddy, Jason, Jason Chucky. No, Ma- I know you get Michael, not in that order, but I'm oh. saying like you get, he is part of that, that group. There's going to come a time where me and you have to la- name our Mount Rushmore and it's going to be super fun. Oh yeah. Let's, I don't want to do it on the spot. I'll have to think. We won't. We'll do, we are going to do it though. Um, I would like people to tell us their Mount Rushmore of horror. Yeah. I can give you my Mount Rushmore of the eighties too. Just in general. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's it's going to have to be a five just because it does. it's still so popular. There's still so much stuff out there. And uh, and they that, keep remaking stuff, even though that TV show was absolute garbage. garbage. Yeah. It was so bad. We gave it a chance and went way further into it than we wanted to. And I was still like blown away it got a second season. I watched three too many episodes of yes. that show is what I did. I had high hopes for it too because the, oh my gosh, the trailer for it looked good. So uh-huh. I was like, I'll give it a shot. And then was disappointed right off the you bat. You want me to believe that these middle schoolers yeah. are acting that way. And that, I mean, that is literally what put me off in the show. 100% were the kids. Yes. It, they are so bad. <laughs> It was so bad. It's too unbelievable. Like, they're just doing all these hard drugs. They're doing all these parties, and the fucking parents just are letting it happen. They're 12. We're supposed to believe these kids are like 12 and 13-year-olds, smoking pot, doing drugs, drinking, having sex. I don't... I mean... It's a different day and age, but I can't believe it's that different. I you're I don't believe it. I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just Especially not with all them por- with all them porn sites. These kids wouldn't just be and plus kids aren't socially active like that anymore. No, it's most all kids are mine. behind their behind their screen. Give me a break. <laughs> but the remake of Chucky, it's just called Chucky. I thought it was called Chucky. It's is child, it Child's it's Play? Child's Play. Okay, that is it. The TV show that's called Chucky. Then yeah. Okay. Then Child's Play, the remake. Um, I like it. I liked it a lot. I I think it did well giving a new spin on an old idea because... It made it for a new generation. It's true. I mean, yeah, kids these More days have, have technology sooner. So to think that this kid is going to have a, a doll could, is... I mean, not unheard of, but, but AI is thing. easier to get behind, right. I guess. People have more belief in a... In a and a doll being hit by voodoo than it been hit by AI, even though we have sex dolls. <laughs> Interactive sex dolls. Come on. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just saying it for what it is. Like, I don't understand how people hated that concept. I was I was all for that. And then Chucky's able to, like, link into all these different things mm-hmm. because everything's linked to technology. I didn't hate it. I, I didn't either. I thought it was a good movie. Now, I will tell you I have reservations about watching a newer movie that seems to be the same type of concept, AI gone killer or whatever. Oh, it's Megan? that Megan movie. I don't know. I, I don't care enough about it. I'm, I saw Dolly Dearest. I want to watch it, but like, 
I can't bring myself to watch it. I don't know why. Especially if you just saw Child's Play come out. Yeah. I like, understand the doll is going to dance and stuff like that, and people are going to laugh. I don't that. understand that scene. That is the one I have seen that that little cut of her dancing before killing but it's someone. Artsy, but Megan. what is the? She's doing a TikTok dance. It's artsy. That's what people want. I don't think it's art. <laughs> She'll probably not... be in a Marvel movie too. Oh my god! Whatever. She's going to be next to Baby Yoda. The legacies of five. Moving on. The last thing we're going to rate it on is the look and feel of the movie. Very dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, the music in this movie is really good. I uh, can't remember who we read composed it, but that final uh, song with like the orchestra is creepy. Yeah. That, ah, ah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That. I, I'm a big fan of the music in this movie. Yeah, the music's good. It's original. The acting's very good. Chris Sarandon, uh, Karen Barkley, Andy Barkley. I, I think this movie was well cast. Yeah. It feels like I, the Midwest. It does. And I, the Explosion. actors did a really good job, including Andy. I, as young as he was, I don't know how old he actually was And filming, we've talked about but, that. Kid actors can ruin a movie. Mm-hmm. He actually helped this movie. Yes. And you talked about the lighting of it i think it does change with the movie because in the beginning Mm -hmm. it's very bright and then when you actually get to see chucky come to life and see him moving it is very darkly uh shot Mm -hmm. which is kind of hard in some scenes you do have to watch it like when it's dark out i feel like are not a lot of light in the room yeah i'm gonna give the atmosphere i'm giving it a five too because i think it's shot so well that Everything makes sense to its parts. The The camera following the chase scene, mm-hmm. the way that the movements for Chucky work, the using uh, theater of the mind yeah, to make it make sense for the scene. Yeah, I'll give it a four only because there are some like drawbacks. I understand as time goes on and technology changes, when you go back and watch an older movie, it's like, uh, that's obviously a puppet or it's obviously animatronic. Mm -hmm. Things like that. And sometimes it is hard to look past that. Like the very jerky motions of Chucky when you know it's... I actually think it adds to the charm. I think CGI hurts a lot of movies more than it helps them. In some cases. That's why some people can look past it. Other people, it's like, it does look a little hokey now. So I'll give it a four. That's fine. Overall, I think this movie is easily a four, four and a half. I can give it a four overall. I feel comfortable saying that. This is the horror movie that I think it gets left in the dust because of the goofiness of all the other ones. Like when you look at it, this is the only movie in the series that actually comes off scary. Uh-huh. That, I feel like for some reason, Bride of Chucky was really big with my generation. And Oh, yeah, you had dolls having sex in it. It, it, it's, yeah, it's and goofy. It, seemed, it was a goofy, stupid movie. It killed that. It killed the franchise to me. It Just made like it like Je- a Freddy comedy. Versus Jason. Same director, by the way. Killed both those franchises. Killed Freddy. Killed Jason. And it killed Chucky. This one dude. Who was it? Uh, Wu. Oh. The guy that makes all the. He makes horror movies overseas. Didn't watch any of these movies, by the way, to get a frame of reference. I can tell. <laughs> He made them into comedy. They did. They're like a dark comedy. Yeah, 
You ha- literally have two giants set in your lap and you mess it up that bad. <laughs> I don't know. They had a chance at bringing Chucky back to move forward and they made they made him a comedy afterthought. But people like those movies. Bride of Chucky did well. Freddy vs. Jason did well. But it's also it's playing just, off the nostalgia of it. Yeah. All, all of them had time to for people to miss them. I guess. He got lucky. <laughs> Very. Anyway, I think that's going to wrap this movie up. So, if you stick around, you're you going to be in for a big surprise. Here's a snippet of our next week's episode. Oh, just a snippet? Just a snippet. I'm just, fine with that. Just a little bit. Yeah, not a whole lot, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> EB. <That's>, okay. EB bit. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. So long. Bye. Next week on the Retro Club. That's what they want to do. They want to scare people away from having sex, but it's okay to shoot people with guns. In this movie? No, in all in the eighties. Oh, <laughs> we made it okay to make all these like like action movies, like damn near horror movies, just by how people were dying. Like they took the horror premise and just made it into action. If you didn't get a titty shot in the eighties, was it even an eighties movie? <laughs> That's valid. That is valid. Gotta see one nip nap. <laughs> At least one. The set would be nice. One singular is okay. Mixing and music by Kelsey Ingram. Cover art is by Megan Harris. Research is by John and Megan Harris. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Slasher at RetroClubPod. Or visit our website at RetroClubPod.com for episode information and more. You can listen to The Retro Club on Podbean, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, and more. Make sure to like, follow, and subscribe, or we'll find you.